Hi, listeners. Welcome to this week's episode of the Here's How podcast, the conclusion of Ashley Halford's story. When we left off last week, Ashley had agreed to one last treatment with hopes of killing the cancer that had spread throughout her body. She was told if it didn't work, she'd have just weeks to live. If I didn't have a child, I probably would have given up because it was that bad. It really was. But the thought of Harley not having his mother was more than I could bear. And so I thought, I don't want him to read about me or hear about me. And the final thing he reads about his mother is that she gave up. I wanted them to tell him that she tried everything for you. She tried everything. Ashley outlived her diagnosis and has been in remission for more than 14 years. She also birthed two children, even though doctors thought treatment had sent her into early menopause. I am so excited to share her story with you. My name is Erin Jensen, and this podcast has been a dream in my heart for a very long time. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a review. As an entertainment writer, I've talked to a number of celebrities. Jennifer Aniston, Brad Pitt, some who weren't married to each other, The Rock, Selena Gomez. My favorite interviews are the ones that go beyond whatever project the star is looking to promote. Conversations that get into topics that we can all relate to. Things like failures, disappointments, My therapist would tell you, if he wasn't bound by HIPAA laws, that I could benefit from increasing my resiliency. I've never cried over spilled milk, but I have cried over spilled orange juice, which is why I'm in awe of people who are able to overcome what my mind views as unimaginable loss, inconceivable heartbreak, or an insurmountable challenge. If you've ever come across a remarkable story of triumph and thought to yourself, how on earth did they do that? Here's how. Ashley's church asked its members to fast and pray for Ashley and another young congregant who'd suffered a stroke. Back in January, when things were bad, bad news, bad news, my right eye closed and I lost all function of that right eye. I could not open my eye. I could see out of it if I physically forced the eyelid open, but the muscles did not work. I asked my oncologist, will my eye ever reopen? And she said, even if we get rid of this cancer. You will probably never have use of the eye again. Later into that month, I remember one day laying in bed and I was able to crack my eyelid open. That was positive. At the end of the month, it was time for the new scans. And I just prayed. I remember praying that God, there would just be some small change. If there was just some small change, just anything for the positive, there was no other options. If it was bad news again, I didn't even get to make the call. It was just done. There was nothing else they could do. There were no more last ditch efforts. The scan revealed some small positive changes. The tumor in my brain had shrunk a little bit and the tumors in my lungs were still there. They were still innumerable, but for the first time, the ones that they measured had shrunk just by millimeters. So they were like, okay, this is enough to keep the treatments going. At this point, are you hopeful? How were you feeling at that bit of good news after such bad news for so long? I started to see a little glimmer of like, maybe, maybe just maybe I'm going to come at this. And it made it to where you could get through the treatments because at least, hey, maybe they're working. So I just kept on, kept chugging along. And then there came a month and it was time for scans. And so I had the scans again, just praying, God, please, please, please let there be just some more positive news. So I went back to the doctor's office for the scan results. And my oncologist said, I'm going to read you exactly the words, exactly what the radiologist reported. 
and I kind of got scared and I thought oh it's not good and so she pulled up the chart and uh, my mom and David were there and she started reading and she said the radiologist reports that there's no evidence of disease present and I sat there and I just looked at her dumbfounded and I know this is dumb now looking back it is but I'm not expecting to hear anything like that and I said what does that mean <laughs> and she kind of smiled and she said it's gone I said it's gone she said it's gone they don't see any tumors anywhere the brain was completely gone there were no tumors on the lungs and she said it's completely gone she busted out crying I busted where well, everybody did after we all pulled ourselves together she said Ashley I never thought I'd say those words to you and I said really she said no she said I really never thought that I would tell you that it was gone and after we all celebrated for a little bit then she brought it back down to reality and she said here's here's the harsh truth and all this is that there is probably a 75 to 90 percent chance it's going to come back though she said it's so aggressive she said just because we don't see the tumors anymore doesn't mean it's not still in your bloodstream all it takes is it to find a spot to house itself and it's coming back. She said, we're gonna continue chemo for six months. And she said, we call this maintenance therapy and hopefully it will just kill anything that's left in your bloodstream. And she said, we'll just pray. And I said, okay. And so I continued the chemotherapy, continue receiving scans to this point, almost 14 years out of remission. My diagnosis anniversary is coming up on the 13th of November. So in just about a week, it'll be 15 years since I was diagnosed and all of my scans have been clear since then. When you get that clean bill of health and the doctor says, you know, I never would have thought I could tell you I can't see any tumors versus I believe you were told to get a video camera, make mm-hmm. a lot of memories and journal for your son. How does it then feel to get this new lease on life? Almost surreal. Just so thankful. You definitely look at life in a whole different way. Realizing that every day I wake up and I don't have cancer, I know that somewhere somebody's waking up dealing with what I was dealing with. They're facing that terminal diagnosis and they're facing all those treatments and they're facing that you only have a few weeks to live. And so you are just thankful. I'm definitely not a perfect person. I still complain. I still have bad days. But just, I tell my kids, I go, breathe in and we'll all do it together. We'll all go, and I'll say, breathe out. And we all do it. I said, do you know that there's some people who won't do that today? At some point today, they'll stop. They won't suck in and blow out anymore. And so just the fact that you take a breath is a miracle. Just the fact that you're able to do that and you're not on a ventilator you're not in a coma, you're not having to go get treatments. It it puts it in perspective of your little scraped knee or whatever. I get that it's important to you, but in the grand scheme of life, we're blessed. So we can handle the small things because there are big things. There are way bigger things. So it really, it changes your outlook on everything. Remission isn't Ashley's only miracle. She had two more children naturally, though it appeared she had gone into early menopause. Ashley became pregnant with her second child in 2012. We had kind of talked about adoption and different things, and I never had another cycle after I had Harley. They did throw my body into menopause. And Harley was praying, oh, just praying for a, a baby sister, specifically for a baby sister. The children's church workers, they said every time we take prayer requests, 
Harley prays that God would give him a sister. I remember specifically, we went to Longhorn one time to eat dinner. And, you know, he's a kid, so he liked to pray over the food. It just seemed like the whole restaurant got so quiet, you could have heard a pin drop. And real loudly, he said, and God, give me a baby sister, please. And I felt like every person in that restaurant looked at us. But he didn't care. He prayed for it. Morning, noon, and night. Anytime anybody prayed, he made sure that they were praying for him to have a baby sister. So Ashley and David sought a surrogate with hopes that Ashley could provide the egg. The fertility doctor said, listen, I can't do this to you. She said, I can't put you through this. If I wasn't looking at you face to face and I was just reading your chart, I would think I was reading the chart of, of someone in their 60s. All of your labs are showing I went through menopause. You have nothing. She even did an internal ultrasound and she said, it is not possible. That was her words. It is not possible. And she said, I don't want to take your money. Don't want to take your time. And I don't want you to have to go through the heartbreak. Days later, Ashley received a call from a nurse reviewing her labs prior to a procedure. She said, we got your lab work back and it says you're pregnant. I said, I'm not pregnant. Let me tell you what just happened on Monday. And she said, okay, let's repeat the lab work. There's probably been a mix up at the lab. I said, okay. So on Friday, I go back to the lab, have all the labs redrawn. She calls me Friday night and she said, I don't know what's going on, but your lab work says you're pregnant. And I was in disbelief over the weekend. I bet I took 10 pregnancy tests over the weekend. They were all positive. And so on Monday, I call the fertility doctor and I said, I've got to come see you today. I've got to come. I've got to come see you. And I went and told her everything that had happened. And she said, let's do an ultrasound. We did an ultrasound and there was a baby with a beating heart one week later, just one week later. She was in, I think, more disbelief than I was. And she said, this is impossible. This is just impossible. She said, there is no medical explanation for this whatsoever. None. When it was time to find out the sex of the baby, Ashley brought her son into the examination room. Harley hoped to name the baby Flower as he was obsessed with the movie Bambi at the time. The lady said, well, Harley, do you want to know what baby is in your mommy's tummy? And he said, yeah. She said, it's a flower. (laughs) And he was so excited. I obviously did not name her that. For the longest time, though, everybody called her flower. Ashley ended up naming her daughter Grace, who became a big sister with the arrival of Eli in 2017. How does it feel now being healthy, being in remission, and and you're a family of five? It really just is a blessing. Along this journey, these past 15 years, I've met so many people. I could probably count on one hand how many are still alive. So when you meet all these people, you talk to them and encourage them, and then their stories just don't end up like this. You just really see how fragile life is. I'm thankful, and I feel like looking back, I I now can answer that question, why me? And it's because, and I I don't know how to say this. I don't want it to sound like I'm bragging on myself, but I try to just encourage people, just trying to be an encouragement, even if their story is not going to end up like mine. And even if they're not going to survive, just the hope in that you can get through what you're dealing with. You can get through it day by day, minute by minute. God is still good, even in the worst case scenarios. My aunt died in her early thirties with brain cancer. So I've gotten a lot of flack and and some hateful messages on social media and email from people that say, how dare you want to get on here and talk about how good God is because God took my wife. I was speaking at a women's event one time and a woman, 
hunting me down after the speaking and she was very irate and said, how can you get up there and talk about how good God is? And he took my child and I said, ma'am, I'm, I'm very sorry for that. I, I don't know what that pain is like, but I do know this. God is good in the good and the bad. God is good and his peace and his comfort will help you get through any situation. One of my very best friends buried a baby, an infant, and I went to the funeral and I watched one of my very best friends put a child in a casket that was about four inches long into the ground. But she still rejoices in the Lord. His peace and his comfort gets her through every day. And she'll see her child again. So it's hard. It's hard. But I feel like this is my purpose in life, to share my story, to share what God has done, to share that you can't overcome these things. They're hard. Life is hard. Nobody ever promised it would be easy in a walk in the park. You can overcome it. If you had to summarize, how did you make it through this whole ordeal? I would say, number one, my faith in God and just being a Christian and knowing that even if the worst thing happened and I died, that I'm going to heaven. So that that's consoling. You know, That was comforting to me that even if it was the worst case scenario, it would be the best case scenario for me, then number two, our church, our my family, the community, just the support was amazing. There was a time where we had people cooking for us every night. We finally got to a point where we were like, y'all can't cook every single night. We had so much food. We would wake up and there would be diapers on the front steps, uh, clothes. It was just unbelievable. What advice would you give to others who are facing a challenge? You need God, number one. You need a support system. You need people. You need friends. You need that in your life. Doctors are wonderful. I wouldn't be here without my doctors. People, I've been accused of that. You just give God all the credit and you don't think your doctors did anything for you. No, I'm very thankful for my doctors. I think my doctors followed God as well. They were praying for things. I love my doctors, but this don't lose hope. They're not the final authority. They do have their areas of expertise, but just because they say, you have four weeks. They don't know that. So don't lose hope. I want to thank Ashley so much for sharing her story with me and you for listening to this episode of the Here's How podcast. I know it can be hard to always stay hopeful that things will turn around, but maybe we can keep the faith together. If you're enjoying the Here's How podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Leave a review or recommend it to a friend. Find the show on Instagram at Here's How podcast. I hope you have a great week.